DJ and PK, the Raiders, play the Chargers tonight. America First Credit Union bringing you the game. It's the exclusive home of the official Raider debit card. All of the same great features and benefits. Now with the silver and black. Learn more at AmericaFirst.com slash Raiders. Raiders and Chargers, Monday Night Football. And then into the baseball postseason on Tuesday. More baseball on Wednesday with the Jazz preseason game. Thursday, we're back into another week of NFL football postseason baseball. It's a good game Thursday, isn't it? It's all coming together. Who is it Thursday? I saw it. Now I can't remember. But it was I, I watch it, uh, and they, they advertised it. I'll have to check. For I had my NFL ticket. And I was watching it because I wasn't, no offense to you, but I wasn't very much interested in the Ravens-Broncos uh, once, especially well, when Bridgewater went out. Yeah, when Bridgewater went out. Well, I, ha- I had Seattle over. and the Niners, and I had the that Rams was... and the Cardinals on my NFL ticket. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So, yeah, those are good afternoon. And I'm an NFC West guy. Yeah, because you know, the other game was Steelers-Packers for CBS, and I wasn't very interested in that game either. I thought the Packers were going to well, run. Well, that was did. earlier, uh, and this was later. I was talking about in the afternoon. Uh, uh, because, as you know, I have some other duties I have to attend to on Sunday mornings. Uh, so it was uh, the afternoon games and the commercials. They had on the commercials the big merger. Rams-Seahawks Thursday. That is a good game. You're right. That's I like where I it. saw it. Duh. I like it. Because I was watching. I was flicking back and forth between both of those game. games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were one channel apart on my DirecTV. And so... And they had uh, our commercials yeah. with us joining forces with uh, KSL. Ah, the um, we got a the piece on that coming up on KSL.com on our website. Should be coming out this morning, so yeah. make sure you check it out, people. The um, the quarterback injuries just changed so many things, and I think that's probably the most impressive thing about BYU start is weathering the quarterback injuries. And having to play the third guy and still winning. I mean, it's different in the pros. Yeah, they had a lead, though. They did have a lead. Um, you know, grappling. things. A gra- lead and Algier. <laughs> that made, there you go. Um, because I thought that once Garoppolo went out, that was over. The, the Niners weren't coming back. I don't know that they were coming back with him either. You don't know. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, I and and Trey yeah. Lance has not been getting the first team reps a la Zach Wilson and uh, Mac. Uh, Jones last night. Mm-hmm. I thought he looked okay. Yeah. He, look, he looks like he got something that game, there. That game I was hearing your voice. You get bugged by all the field goals in that game. Mm-hmm. Your, your field goal rule. Man, just kick another. I got to add highlights here, people. We need touchdowns. I don't want to show six straight field goals. You get three field goal attempts per game. And of course the Bucks Use made them four. Wisely. The Bucks made four. Yeah. And, and at the end, it was just one team after another down to the well, they didn't really get to the edge of the red zone on the last one. That was a 56-yarder. Hit the crossbar, right? No, the upright. Hit, yeah, it hit the upright. It looked yeah. like just like two or three feet up. It was going to mm-hmm. sneak over. It yeah. wasn't going to be good from 65, PK. <laughs> well, I don't know if the weather conditions played in it. Obviously, it was a rainstorm the whole time. You got to yeah. love the weather back east. Yeah, Buffalo, the weather sucked there. Houston without a quarterback, not an NFL team. Not even remotely. Five turnovers. Oof. Four picks. Oof. Uh-huh. Brutal. Yeah. Brutal game. It was a gift for Buffalo. Moss got himself another touchdown, so that's good. But that Buffalo rain and the rain in Boston and Foxborough for that game, nasty. Yeah, that's what you get because those places really aren't that far apart, and so you end up yep. uh, you get a lot of the same weather. Not always, but a lot of times. It's like sometimes well, here when we're well, getting the snow, it'll be cold yeah, in Phoenix. The, the Yankees got their game in. They were at home, and they got their game in in the afternoon in New York. But 
boy, nighttime yeah. in Boston, it was pouring. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't, look, nasty. Didn't, look, <laughs> didn't look good at all. And it's getting that time now where, you know, we're starting to see a little bit of separation in the NFL. Still a long way to go. But oh, there's a lot see, of teams at 3-1. and one. T- yeah, I don't but, know what to make of them. But I don't know how many of those teams are surprising. There's some. I thought the, the Cowboys, I thought, looked really good. I think Doc, Dak Prescott, Prescott who looks- I doubted. Is Prescott's played wrong. his best football. There's no question. Seventy-five yeah. percent completion rate through four games. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Look, and his touchdown pick ratio is great. Look like a slam dunk to win the West or uh, East. I yeah, well, say. that's partly because the whole division. Either blows. way, but yeah, it's but a I think they're legit. That they're not going to sneak in at you know eight and eight wins, nine wins, whatever. I mean, they're, they're going to win their 10 No, or 12, I think Kellen Moore is setting himself up to take over the BYU job when Kalani goes to the <laughs> Kellen Moore setting himself up to turn down Boise State when that job comes open again. <laughs> you know they're going to want him back up there. They want people with ties. He's young. That job seems to come open every five years, five to seven years. As to do a lot of them. Sure. But it's not like there have been one guy sitting there for, like Kyle at the U's had that thing locked down. No, because money talks, and that's the thing about Kalani. Oh, he loves it here. He loves it here. I also like $3 million. (laughs) (laughs) And what makes you think that's all he's going to be offered? I just picked that out, but you're right. I know. And the thing is, and we talked about this with Chad and with Tom, and they kind of know it's true, but the fact is none of us know, so none of us can predict. But, like, salaries in a lot of places have already gone to 4, 5, and 6. And other places are going to go to six, seven, and eight. Kalani is not that old. If he keeps winning the way BYU fans want and hope, it's going to get outrageous. And it doesn't mean he's going to leave. He's going to do. He's. You know what he's. He is. He's. He's going to. College coaches are NBA free agents going into their third contract. By that point, you've established your good. Anybody who had now there's no cap in college football. That's the difference. Um, but an NBA free agent, you know, uh, Gordon Hayward, he can he can literally do whatever he wants. You know, mm-hmm. when Mitchell gets to that point, Kevin Durant has had two chances to do whatever he wants. Well, he wanted to go to the Warriors, and he wanted to go to the Nets. Could have gone to the Knicks if he wanted. Do you think with want. Kalani, if they can't quite? get the money they can give him maybe drop it down to like only paying six percent i knew you were going there mm-hmm. halfway through i was going what is he doing like oh I know <laughs> what am i doing what i just <laughs> i'm sitting here what am i doing what are you looking into my Men- mind me- yes you're scaring me yes <laughs> mentally and linguistically <laughs> jeez <laughs> man that's like uh that what was it, the movie with uh mel gibson was oh, yeah, what, that what was, women want or something. That was, that was actually <laughs> that was actually not bad. I mean, some of it was kind of campy and predictable, but some of it was actually quite good wow, was, because everybody's been in a meeting thinking something at some point, or having somebody think something about you, or you think you could read somebody else's mind. What if you could really read people's minds? Oh, you're boring. Please, <laughs> this meeting is so boring. And if you haven't thought that in a meeting, you're lying. In meetings, well, we're fortunate we don't go to a lot of meetings, uh, but uh, certainly, yeah. But over the course of your I, I life. Got, I got it, I got on. it, I got it. <laughs> like, my, the one thing that really gets under my wife's skin, because they have meetings in education, mm-hmm. and uh, they'll, ha- they'll give you a handout, and then the person conducting the meeting will just read the handout. Yeah. Like, why'd you give me the handout? 
<laughs> I can read it myself. We can do one Tell me other. about it, but just don't read it to me. Yeah. <laughs> that always gets under her skin. So if you want to have a meeting, <laughs> it, the handout augments and supplements what you're saying. It is not uh, the complete and total purpose of the meeting. And it's just to so read what you you've can, just handed me. You can tell your wife that. <laughs> that that... Uh, is Lee, uh, Lee Johnson. Lee Johnson at 100 <laughs> decibels here at Riverside Country Club. The golf tournament is underway. And then I've got people at other tees pointing like that is so classic, Lee. That is such a Lee thing to do. What's up, baby? Oh, why not? Now's the time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. 16 and 1. So don't repeat what you just uh, you put on the, the handout for meetings. That's her, that's her pet peeve. Give me something different. I can study this myself. Once upon a time in the early days of our show, we had a meeting with a consultant after a show, and he lit us up, and then he gave a written report to a manager who called us in, no, no notice, no scheduling, I need to talk to you, and started reading the report to us. I handled that really well, didn't you think? <laughs> Oh, is that the one? Yep. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah that was... You're reading and the report. I'm a newbie, so I'm just sitting You're there. just sitting there. You're yeah. literally reading the report. You had to hire a guy to put it together because you don't know this. Don't tell us like you know this. You're holding it right in front of you. You're reading it. He literally <laughs> told us this yesterday. There is no new information here. You're just power tripping. Yeah, there was a lot of doubters in the early days. But, oh, my gosh. But, uh, that helps me. Doubt me. Doubt me all you want. I love being doubted. Uh, proving people wrong. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. It is time to bring in Nick Ford right now. The Youth Center joins us. And he joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain is having an end-of-season sale on their irrigation smart controller. Save 50% off each smart controller purchase. Offer available to all commercial property zone listeners. Visit smartrain.net to schedule a demo today. Nick, good morning. Good morning. Nick, I'm just going to come clean right now. I told PK this a little while ago. I can't tell you how many times I go to tease your appearance or introduce you, and I almost say Phil Ford, who was a standout college basketball point guard when I was a little kid, and I don't know what my problem is, but at some point I'm going to call you Phil Ford, and you're going to think, what? Just know it's on my brain. It's not wired right, and I mess this stuff up. It's all good. All right. The Pedro Pirate, Nick Ford. So, uh, did you watch college football uh, over the weekend, the bye week, or did you completely cleanse the game from your mind? I've talked to players; they go both ways. What, uh, which do you prefer? The a lot of football on your t- downtime, or no football on your downtime? Uh, it was a little combination of both. I really didn't do too much on uh, Friday. Just clean the house, stayed around. Uh, then came Saturday. Um, you know, there's a bunch of crazy games going on, so I didn't uh, watch them and tune in originally, and then started hearing some buzz, so I started locking in. I did lock into the SC game, um, but I mean, besides that, you know, it's, I feel like it's something that should be at the, um, you know, you should think about it, and it should not be always in the forefront of your mind, but it should never leave your mind. So, I mean, I, I was listening in and tuning in every once in a while, but I wasn't stressing it too much because it was a time and place for film and everything and it was a time and place to relax and get healthy so you grow up down the freeway from usc and i know you've been a pack 10 pack 12 guy 
most of your life, and you already talk about the crazy games. This Pac-12 South, I am done, Nick, trying to predict it because just when I think I got a hold of it, something nuts or crazy, as you say, goes. With that in mind, I got to feel like your football team should be thinking, we got a legitimate chance here because it's so unpredictable to go down there and get the first win in the Coliseum. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you look at the Pac-12 right now, I mean, the not even the Pac-12, but just like a college football in general. I mean, we're one of the teams with a one one loss. I mean, not one loss, like no loss in conference. Right. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, we do understand that, and we understand we're getting the conference play, and that you know we need to really bite down and you know go as hard as we can and empty the tank um, because we are one to know the opportunity is still on the table. And, you know, talking to Cam Rising and everything, uh, I think it was back in 2006, uh, Green Bay talked about turning the table. And uh, that's the same mentality we are right now. You know, sometimes you don't start off as hard as you like, but as long as that table gets turned in your favor and you continue to turn it, then you, you got to keep running with it. Nick Ford joining this youth center. So you said you watched the USC game, and I wonder if you watched as a fan and you watched the ball or you watched as a center and you watched the line play. And if you did the latter, what did you learn watching USC? Uh, I, watched, I, I can't watch football the same after, like, learning all the complexities of it. So, like, when the uh, USC uh, – I, I mainly pay attention to defense. I know we're not playing Colorado, but I pay attention to uh, um, USC's defense as well. And, um, you know, just looking at their tendencies and, you know, where people line up, how they line up, how they play, um, you know, what coverage they're in, what, what formations they're bringing blitzes, a whole bunch of things. Um, you know, it's just something that always catches my eye just looking at, like, I can't watch football as a fan anymore. Even when I watch the NFL from time to time, I'm looking, I'm like, oh, man, they're, they're in cover two. That, uh, that safety doesn't look like, that strong safety don't look like he's dropping right now. Like, <laughs> We saw the uh, couple of teams put up some big numbers, Stanford and Oregon State, against USC's defense. How confident are you in your team's offense to be able to have not just success, but a good amount of success? Um, I got a lot of confidence in our team. I wouldn't compare it to you know other teams and offices because they have their own schemes, their own plays, and ultimately own play calls and players. Uh, I do know that our offense has capable players, has capable plays, and you know, our coaches are capable of calling those plays. So, you know, I, I'm high, I have high confidence that, you know, when we go out there, we're going to go out there to execute and we execute play after play and get it done. You know, we should have a productive night. And, you know, there might be bumps in the road. There's going to be adversity. There's always adversity. As long as we address that adversity and get it fixed and not, you know, uh, mull around or, you know, whatever it is, just make sure that we address whatever it is and get going because, like I said, it's Pac-12 play and, Pac-12 plays fast, so you don't really have a lot of room for a state. So I'm curious, when you start talking about watching defenses, I, I expected you to say some things, but you were starting to talk about where the safety is and cover two. And I'm, I'm curious, as a center, how much do you see pre-snap of the whole field and how much do you see what's right in front of you and the three pound, 300 pounds of beef that might be running into you in 2.2 seconds? I mean, I see a lot. Um, I usually I jog up to the line. As, as I'm jogging up, I kind of get a feel on the box. I look for the general box, how many D linemen I see, how many linebackers I see. Um, then I look up towards the safeties to see how many safeties are up and where they're running across the CR formation. 
just so I get a general idea of where people are going. Um, then I get down to my stance, look back at the box, you know, call out whatever it is I have to call out. And then I look back at the uh, secondary and linebackers because a lot of the times those are the people who give away a lot of the tips and tricks for teams because they're not as disciplined as people who are in the box. So, I mean, I look uh, look back over there. Um, so, like, for instance, I'll, like, look, and if I see, like, you know, too high backers are shifted some type of way in a press corner or um, drop safety or a drop linebacker tilt, like, this, there's all, like, like, we call it keys to the castle, right? You got your first level, second level, and third level. And the more uh, keys you see at different levels, the higher the probability of a certain uh, blitz is coming. And that's kind of how a lot of centers think, if you ask any center, um, who, especially who has, like, a higher knowledge, who looks at secondaries, um, that you, you could read a defense. And it doesn't mean you know what they're going to do, but it pretty much puts you in a place where if you've done enough film study and, you know, you've seen a lot of tendencies, you uh, kind of get a feel for what's going to happen. Offensive line at Utah has been so critical to the team's success over the years. A number of guys have gone in the NFL. And one of the things you hear coaches and players say, it's about consistency and you got to work together. It's important. You don't rotate as much as you may do on the defensive side. How consistent in the lineups do you think your offensive line is now? Because you've had some guys that have been in and out. Uh, I think it's pretty consistent. we got our own line. We're going to run with it. Uh, we did well. This past game, not as well as we like. Uh, you know, we try for perfection. We're never going to get there, but, you know, our goal is to get there. And uh, we're, you know, looking forward to improving from how we played Washington State. Uh, we're taking steps, but we need to start taking strides. What's the number one thing that you need to improve on Washington State? When you say take strides, what are you looking at before the next game? Uh, just everything in general, just – you know, be having a a well-versed knowledge in the playbook, having uh, good fundamentals, having a good band. Um, it's not necessarily that it's bad play. Uh, we just need to be more cohesive and consistent because the boys know what to do and they know how to do it. We just need to continue to improve on that. So it's like, you know, when you ride a bike and you're a little kid um, and you take your training wheels off at first, you know how to do it, but, you know, you fall down. And that doesn't mean you don't know how to ride the bike. That just means... You know, you're struggling a little bit. You know, you're on the right track. You got your wheels off, and you got to continue on going. And that's pretty much what it is. You know, we're on the right track. Uh, we got everything. We got our knowledge. We got our, you know, our body knows how to do it, and we just need to improve from that point. It's a little wobbly, but we just need to continue to improve to get that straight line going. After the, all the emotional devastation that the team has been through, is it good to get back to any form of normalcy? Uh, yeah, it's always good to be normal. I mean, even... You know, when it has to deal with COVID or the passing of our two players, I mean, you want to get back to normal as soon as possible. Um, you give your condolences. There's a time, you know, for um, mourning, and uh, that's, you know, completely normal. Um, it's a human thing to do, and you have to at least space for that. Otherwise, it messes up your mentality and your mental. And um, so, you know, you have your time to mourn, and you have time to give respect and thanks. Um, but, you know, sadly, life moves on. And, you know, you, you live out dreams uh, for people who couldn't, and you also, you know, what, take whatever adversity is in your way and make the most of it. Um, because if you sit there and, you know, don't, uh, you just let it continue to dwell over you and have a cloud over your head, it's, it's really going to affect not only your play and um, 
whatnot. But, I mean, on top of that, you know, even though we're football players, we're humans too. So then it'll affect your school, your mental, your family life. It'll start affecting your actual life, which a lot of people don't consider. And um, that's one thing that the coaches harp on, and that's one thing that I myself harp on, especially for the younger guys who really haven't been through much, is that, you know, understand that football, you know, it is a lot, but it's like a catalyst. It can put you in places. But ultimately, you got to take care of your mental and take care of yourself. And uh, so it's really good to have that normalcy. And, you know, we had our time to mourn, and now it's our time to get back on track. Well, Nick, you sound very wise, and I'm sorry that you have your life experience at such an early age to have such wisdom, but you've got it. So Yeah, for sure. Thank well you. said, well spoken. Sorry you've had to go through all the stuff you've had to go through to get it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all good. You take it with a grain of salt. I mean, some people go through it. Some people don't. Some people grow up fast. Some people, others, you know, you don't. And it's not nothing to hold over anyone's head, you know, like, oh, you're acting like a child or whatnot, or you don't know the lessons I learned. It's more about teaching and making sure everyone's all right and, you know, passing that knowledge along. So that way someone doesn't have to experience a tragic event or a struggle. So that way when they see it and they're prepared for it, and, you know, it's just better for them in the long run, then, you know, it just helps everyone out. Nick, thanks for your time. We appreciate it, and we will talk to you after the USC game, you're going to have to get more tickets, man. First San Diego State now. This oh, yeah. Is... I already got about like 20-something. <laughs> there you go. There you go. We're going to keep climbing. All right. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate it. Thank you. Nick Ford, Youth Center, back to Southern California for another game. Thanks for including me. I appreciate it. I'm sitting right here. Why not? We appreciate it. You had a microphone. You can say I appreciate it, too. I didn't want to speak for you. Why not? You're the guy who takes us in and out. You're supposed to. Nice team player. Nick, if you're out there anywhere, we appreciate <laughs> it. Jeez. You just made a guy miss a putt on seven. I probably did. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Yak, I was yelling and missed what you said. What was that? <laughs> oh, just hurry up. Okay. Not the specific. Shut up, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up next, Blake Anderson, Utah State football coach. They're heading into their bye week, and we will talk with him next. Stay with us. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Never-ending story is more compelling than short circuit. No, no, stop it. no, stop. Never-ending story would win a poll against short circuit. Guarantee you. I can't even believe I'm putting this poll together. How do you spell circuit? <laughs> By the way, I almost hope... Do what you feel is right, I, I almost hope Never Ending Story wins, because if Short Circuit wins, we're going to lose you for the rest of the show. Show memorandum. Let's just euthanize Short Circuit. My guy is as upset as any time I've ever seen him in the history of this show. Why, because we speak truth? No more Short Circuit. Take Johnny Five and put a crowbar to his head. He's done. Disassemble. Johnny Five. No disassemble! Catch Hans and Scotty every day. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're joined right now by Utah State football coach Blake Anderson. Aggies headed into their bye week after the back-to-back games with Boise State and BYU. Coach, good morning. Good morning. So, Coach, we have talked to you multiple times this year. 
both after wins and losses where the game you saw on the sideline wasn't exactly the game you saw on film. Sometimes it's for better. Sometimes it's for worse. And I'm, I'm curious after you watch that BYU game again, if you think the same thing you thought when you were talking to the media Friday night or if you've tweaked some of your evaluations. No, it's about what I thought I saw on the field, just a big physical team that, that kind of manhandled us at times. And we tried to use our speed and quickness to – to dig our way back into it and got got it to a seven-point game late in the fourth, which is really all we we ever expected. Kind of, you know, we knew it was going to be tough all night. They're built really, really well. They're huge, physical. That's why they won the games they've won and the way they've won them. But uh, you know, we we use some tempo, we use some speed, some quickness out in space to to battle and, and got it to a seven-point game. Just super disappointed that we. We had a bus that, that gave up a huge run and, and just put it out of reach for us there late. I'm encouraged and discouraged at the same time. Encouraged that we were able to play the way we did against them. They are right now just so much bigger than us, really, on both fronts. And honestly, on the basically everywhere on the field, even out on the edges, much bigger, much stronger. we got to recruit and develop, uh, you know, to, to, to really kind of close that gap. Uh, we just, um, you know, that, that's something that's going to take a little bit of time, but also, super encouraged with how our guys battled to get it to a seven-point game, be right where I thought we needed to be with, you know, nine minutes left in the game. Uh, I thought that our conditioning and just kind of our speed and quickness might be enough down the stretch. But, man, they, they're just big and ran over us and, and get the big run, and then we, we just weren't able to mount uh, the comeback late. So you talk about that recruiting. I'm not sure what the rules are these days because things have changed. But is this an important time for you with the bye week to send your coaches out? <laughs> Yeah, we'll get on the road this week. You know, a lot of it is is been done, but but this is that that week that you have time to get out and actually go watch a kid play in person, swing by the school, check on grades, maybe watch some kids in person that we're still making decisions on, still trying to fill in some gaps in the recruiting class. Now that we know our roster a little bit better, uh, you, you kind of know in spring, but you're playing yourself. Now that we've played some quality opponents. Just seeing where maybe the holes are for next the next two seasons uh, in situations maybe a, a freshman in high school won't necessarily come in and fill those spots immediately. So we're we're trying to uh, to make sure that that moving forward we've got a great group of young guys we can develop, but also maybe some uh, plug and play type opportunities as well. And this next few weeks will be big in that area. So with the transfer portal, how much is that changing recruiting? Or you don't worry about the transfer portal now, you go and recruit the best guys that you think are right for you, and then you just figure out the transfer portal stuff later. How does that work? Yeah, the transfer portal, I don't think that picture is real clear right now. You know, guys are still playing. I think, I think you know, most of those kind of decisions are made late in the year, if guys are going to stay or not. We're just trying to fill the best class we possibly can. And, and obviously, we'll keep our eyes open and see if, if we see a, a guy that we do think can come in, a veteran player that can maybe impact us at a position that we're either a little bit thin or maybe injury or graduation is going to hurt us. But you just don't know those – you don't know really those answers right now because most people are just dedicated to trying to finish the season. Uh, that, that'll change, uh, I think, as the season comes to a close and some guys are, are seeing maybe the handwriting on the wall that – that a, a new environment maybe uh, stepping down a notch or maybe even some guys stepping up a notch, uh, that, that it creates a better opportunity for them. So we'll, we'll just kind of have to keep our eyes open as that develops. I'm wondering, Coach, how the junior college 
transfer athlete uh, plays into all this as far as recruiting? Because obviously that used to be a critical component, but how much has it changed now with the transfer portal as far as getting junior college kids? Yeah, I think some people are still taking them. The trend uh, has gone away from that, although in the last five to seven or so years, uh, you know, we, we did take some guys from the Kansas Juco's on a yearly basis at Arkansas State. A lot of them were quality players for us. We took a couple here. Uh, but but it, the, the transfer portal has changed a lot of people's philosophy uh, just because they, you know, they, they would rather go with a guy that's played at this level at least right. enough to know the competition and the speed of it, the academic aspect that comes with it. You know, junior college kids, you know, most of those are, are there uh, trying to just kind of get up to speed academically and, and – that's not a that's not a challenge that everybody wants to deal with. Um, so I, it probably has hurt that that area of recruiting at the Division One level. I still think there's a lot of one AA and Division Two opportunities for the junior college kids, but maybe not as many at this level as there has been in previous years. Utah coach uh, Utah State coach Blake Anderson joining us here. I'm I'm curious. Uh, you know, when you're three and zero and you're flying high and you lose a couple games, obviously it's going to sting. At the same time, I'm wondering if you just lost to the two best teams on your schedule and that it gives you a read for the way the rest of this season can go. I don't know how much film you've watched going forward, how much, you know, Wyoming's off to a great start. They're winning a lot of games. I don't know if you watched the film to really break that down. How much do you buy into all that line of thought and how much film have you seen to, to back it up or – you know, I think what we 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 knew that the schedule was obviously front loaded with the Power Five opponent, Air Force, always quality football. Obviously, BYU and and Boise both their their records and their their traditions speak for themselves. I mean, I do believe the league. As you look, anybody can beat anybody, I, and we're not going to out athlete anybody. But I do think we'll match up a lot better second second half of the schedule than we did first half. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that would say we'd have been one and four at this point. We're sitting here three and two. So in that sense, there's some positive energy coming out of the first half of the season. I mean, going to Washington State and winning, going to Air Force and winning, those guys may not lose another game. They're playing super good ball. Um, I think there's a lot of positive that we can drag from it now. We're frustrated about how the last two weekends went, but I'm way less frustrated about Friday night than I am the Boise game because I felt like we played – really good competitive ball most of the night with a lot less mistakes. And we played a quality op- opponent that hadn't lost many games in the last two years. I mean, 11-1 last year and 5-0. and So, I mean, you can you can take away a, 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 from a quality opponent loss as long as you play good ball. And I feel like that translates over to being a, a very competitive team over the second half of this season against conference opponents. That'll look a lot more like us. Now, we still got to go out and play, and I haven't watched them all up close. But but I think I got a good enough feel for the league to know that if, if we play we play good ball with high energy and, and and can reduce mistakes, there's there's a lot of wins left on our our schedule. And who knows if we might be right in in the mix of this whole thing when when the smoke clears. We saw that Bonner went out. I think it was non contact. Correct me if I'm wrong. Which is how's he play, uh, How is he doing right now? You know, I think he'll be fine uh, by the end of the week. He's a little sore today. Uh, he got kind of, I don't know, kind of a push and a throw at the same time, a little bit of a hyperextension. Everything looks structurally fine. 
Uh, he, he felt better today than he did uh, on Saturday. Uh, he's a tough guy. He, uh, a little bit, it comes back. He, he took a big shot early in the year against Washington State. It's on that same leg, so he's just kind of, some of it's a little bit bad luck, but I would expect by, by the time we really get into UNLV prep uh, later in the week or early next week that, that he would be ready to go and you would expect him to play. Utah State coach Blake Anderson joining us right here. So you've got, um, I, I mean, just to put it in the simplest terms, you're not going to face another Tyler Algier, are you? I hope not. Goodness gracious. That dude is uh, a load. And, and not to mention, he's got one of the prettiest offensive lines up in front of him anyway. So huge shouts. I hope we don't come across that combination again. Uh, it was obviously a challenge, and we did not do a great job of, of slowing him down with exception just a few handful of drives. But, I uh, mean, he built, built so well, and they do a good job with him. And he got loose when he absolutely had to and, and put it away for him. So I, I would like to think we'll, we'll match up a little bit better moving forward. So this was your first in-person opportunity to have an in-state rival especially at your stadium and that was kind of cool because you can feel the energy there for sure uh, what are your thoughts about playing BYU going forward I, I love that game I mean I know it's a challenge for us and with them moving into the Big 12 you know we would only assume that it would help their recruiting but uh, I, I love the in-state rival the, the atmosphere was absolutely unbelievable our fans our student section this place was rocking uh, you can see our kids get up for that game. Uh, it, it's a challenge, but it's a challenge I think we all look forward to. And to be a part of that kind of game is what, uh, to me, that's what college ball is about. And and very few people really get that. Uh, I tell our kids, man, to cherish it and enjoy it. And we'll hey, we'll, we'll get our wins. It'll be a challenge, there's no doubt. I, I get it. But we just need to recruit and develop. This is year one of, 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 of a lot of uh, a lot of work, and, and we're okay with that. So, uh I told the fans, and, and I believe it, just be patient. That, that game will be one that we will all look forward to each, each year, and, and I, I'm glad we have it. I, I would much rather have that kind of challenge with an in-state rival than not get to have that opportunity. So I'm curious, you mentioned the student crowd. Did, did you lobby for the benches to change sidelines, or is that just a coincidence that it happened the year it showed up and the year you showed up? Uh, if it, if it uh, is a coincidence, that was a decision, that, was a decision that I, I, I posed to uh, our AD, and he agreed. He thought it was a good decision. I just feel like that, you know, I, I want our guys on the home side. To me, that's the press box side. I want I want the opposing team to have to listen to our student section for three and a half hours, and I want our student section to enjoy game day. And I think part of that is that's what kind of, like I said, high school and college ball is about. I mean, when you've got a student section like we do. Now, that's a weapon. That's the 12th man. So it was a move we wanted to make, and, and I think uh, I think the student section has loved it. Our guys have, have enjoyed it and see the value in it as well. Well, Coach, we appreciate a few minutes as always and uh, enjoy the bye week. It's a different kind of week in the middle of the season. We'll talk to you again in another week. Thanks a lot. Sounds good, guys. Appreciate it. There's Blake Anderson, head coach at Utah State, Tyler Algier. I hope not. No, I don't blame him. Yeah. Yeah. Kid ran for, what, 200-plus yards? 218 yards and three scores. Oh, yeah. He he just – it's amazing. What a great, great story. Walk-on, linebacker, running back, linebacker, back to running back, and now, yeah, running back, NFL running back. NFL running back, right? Yeah. Absolutely, man. Good for him.
Put in the work. That's what I've been talking about. So we talked about earlier. Put in the work. I don't care what it is. Put in the work. You're probably going to see the results. Maybe not to that level, but you're going to see good enough results. Got to stay with it, man. It's all about work. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80. The Zone, your feedback coming up next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Yeah, it's a Monday, and it's nearly in the books for us. Time for your feedback. Just getting started, man. I'm hitting the gym in 10 minutes. BYU cracks the top 10. You'll be in the car on I-15 in 10 minutes. <laughs> BYU cracks the top 10, and Zach Wilson gets his first NFL win, For and the Big 12 is looming. that. How could life be better? He has an appointment at 11 o'clock. He's completely full of it. How could life be better for the Cougars? It, it really is good times for the Cougars. It is, yeah. and, one, and you said it a long time ago. Man, when you're in the middle of bad times, it seems like they'll never end. And when you're in the middle of good times, it seems like they'll never end. And then all you have to do is be bored on the road as a sports writer and open up a media guide, and now they're all online. So you digitally click on a media guide, and you see how teams have great runs for two or six or ten years, and then it all goes bad. <laughs> Looking good now, man. It's good now. So how long can you make the, uh, make the magic last, right? Not make it happen, because the magic is now clearly happening. How long can you make it last? Randy says, that was a nice list, and don't forget the win over the three teams from the previous Conference of Champions, LOL. <laughs> yeah, but see, if you're denigrating that conference, you're denigrating yourself. And that is why it makes no sense when 10,000 student sections chant overrated at the team that has just been beaten. No. Why do you chant that? You're downgrading your own accomplishments. Yes. I would think, I don't know this, I, I, but I would think that most BYU fans would have been pleased that ASU won. On Saturday, because then because they move in. have a win over a ranked team. <laughs> yes. Because Baylor just got beat, so now they're not a ranked opponent. Right, right. And that was the big knock last year. No, I get Utah. Screw Utah. I get from the BYU perspective. Rivalry. You don't want them to win. You'll although, take the hit even although, if that happens. Although if that's the difference between getting into New Year's Six or not, wouldn't you want Utah to win? If that's the difference getting into playoff or not, wouldn't you want Utah to win? And still people are saying no. Yeah, no, but I, I think with BYU, I don't know how much benefit they would get because if the Utes go on a, a tear here, mm-hmm. they'll just say, oh, well, they changed quarterbacks. That yeah. was. So BYU got them before they made the change. Whereas the Devils, they're riding, they're going, they're riding, swimming or sinking with Daniels. Yeah. He's their guy. He's their guy. Right. So root for them to win the rest of their game. We finally got something in common, BYU fans. It would just suck. (laughs) Root for the Devils. It would just suck for BYU if they have this 11-1 season and people go, ah, yeah, but their schedule. And then the next year they got seven Power 5 teams and they run through it and win their however many games. And people are like, yeah, but that schedule's not very good. All those Power teams are down. (laughs) That'll suck. Right, but there's a decent chance that either Utah or ASU will end up with a good record. There is. One of them's going to, if not both. Yeah. Yeah, you would think so. Uh, let's see. we got other people weighing in here. Darren says, oh, you should have added Taysom Hill running for two touchdowns to that Except list. Except they lost. 
They did lose. Now, those are cool runs. I'll give it the to you. First but there's run. nothing he can do on a football field okay. with his legs that surprises me. Yes, but you got to admit, the first one, four I guys I got it, but he's him. freaking Taysom Hill. I he's know. He's thick. He's strong. He can run. But when you get hit by four guys in the NFL, you usually go to the ground, and he didn't. And the way his team ran over to him, they were so pumped. I got it. it was but cool I believe run. in that kid's legs. I agree. Like I believe in Claudia Schiffer's legs. Hey, oh. <laughs> I had to do something. Sure, Come on. Why not? <laughs> and I don't know why I thought of her legs. Yeah. <laughs> Eldon Randall says this I like BYU being ranked, but I wish BYU wasn't ranked that high. Why? Eldon, you're crossing is, me up. Is here. Eldon not a Utah name? Is anybody outside the state of Utah named Eldon? How many Eldons are there in Arizona? Zero. Ah, uh, outside of Mesa. Although when <laughs> I was Arizona. at the when I was in the school of broadcasting, uh-huh. there was a guy named Eldine Bennett who was the the uh, chairman or whatever, the yeah. head of the department, and everybody who called him Dean Bennett, he dropped the L, so they called him Dean Bennett, and they thought that Dean was a title. <laughs> it was just a name. Dean Bennett. No, it was D- L. Dean Bennett, and <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. The, the L. Dean, yeah. the ironic portion I'm, of it. I'm not a dean. I'm just a department chair. But this, <laughs> since, my, since I got the name Dean on my birth certificate, and I think I know how I'm going to play my cards here. And he was a Latter Day Saint. Oh yeah, yeah. L. Dean. Yeah. Yeah, there got to be some Eldons in Nevada, Wyoming, Idaho, and Arizona. Gotta be a few. Okay, the most Eldons few. reside in our Gotta state. Gotta be a few scattered around the Intermountain West. I wouldn't say California, no way. <laughs> no. I'm drawing the line there. <laughs> Mike says, that's a great list. Just wait until BYU reaches the Final Four in April of 2022. Oh, jeez. Could you imagine, Rebel? He dropped dead of a heart attack. <laughs> Dave says, that's That'd be awesome. A, oh, my gosh. Folks, <laughs> if you didn't hear this, PK... We have Rubel on last week. Greg's on in advance of the BYU-Utah State game. We had he and Scotty on. And, and you ask him, uh, how many uh, Sweet 16s do you think there could be? And there's this pause. I'm going to decline to answer that question. If you haven't heard it, it's totally worth. Go to our website, 1280thezone.com. Search Rubel. The interview will pop up. It's totally worth hearing. The pause was hilarious, and then the answer, he doubled down on it. He's a good sport. But he was. in his defense, the Lone Peak thing never took off because no. Mika was gone. and Yeah, they didn't really they didn't get an opportunity to play. But if he were to make that statement now, yeah. I, I, would, I don't know that I would totally back him up. It was hilarious. But I think they got a shot, man. It was very funny. Pope is a charismatic dude. I am so intrigued to see what he's going to do once they get to that level and, in a couple and, years. And the Big 12 is loaded. That, that league is Who just wouldn't want to play one, hoop in a Big 12? One good program after another. Yeah, big time. Packed arenas every game. That would be awesome. Dave says, this is all nice. I just want to win against Boise State on Saturday. Okay, coach. A loss to Boise State <laughs> would be a big old letdown, 5-1. and one. It would. Now, they got beat by Nevada, but Nevada's got a great quarterback. I think he's an NFL quarterback, and... So I don't discount that. Maybe Boise doesn't have his best team. It's that three losses. Two but, and three. Uh, but, you know, they've been against quality teams, so I don't think that Boise's – and this is a rivalry game too. So Boise's going to come in here fired up, and we'll see what the quarterback situation is. You know, I knew Romney was going to start last week. That's why the stuff on uh, – wow, sources say Baylor Romney's going to start. I thought it was given he was going to start, but I don't necessarily know who's going to start yet this week. In fact, I don't know. Last word for the show goes to Bradley Tufts, who says, 
BYU wins a conference title before Utah, irregardless of the Utes' decade head start. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> uh, the rivalry. Conference and, title. The all rivalry right. and all things. Not a division, but a conference. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, that'll do it for us. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to everyone here at Riverside Country Club, the National Football Foundation. Tom Olmo for coming on and speaking eloquently about his almost lifelong, going back to his high school football playing days, uh, linked to the National Football Foundation. That's going to do it for us. Hans and Scotty are up next.